today's chosen scripture portion is from 1st Peter's chapter 5 verse 5 6 and 7 1st Peter chapter 5 verse 5 6 and 7 Young men in the same way be submissive to those who are older all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble humble yourself therefore under god's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you let's pray abba father we thank and praise you for the day you have given us and for the time you gave us to worship you in oneness and in one accord lord and to worship the one true living god who came down who lived suffered bled died buried and rose again on third day and still lives and heareth our prayers lord we thank you for that and also we pray for the brother jerry who is going to deliver your word lord you help him to articulate your heart lord through your words lord strengthen him and guide him guard him whatever he speaks and help the listeners to listen carefully pay attention to it and lord help us to understand your heart and walk according to it and help us to abide in your in you and in your word lord please help us we render all the glory honor power and worship to you and submit our prayer in christ jesus name amen I'll start with a riddle. What is the one thing that as soon as you say you have it you've lost it? Money. As soon as you say you have it you lost this one thing. What am I? Sorry? Time. Humility. Humility, humility. You know Spurgeon said, "We are never never so much in danger of being proud as when we think we are humble that's an elusive thing um as we've been studying uh, uh through the book of daniel you know, we reached chapter 4 where we saw nebuchadnezzar and we saw what pride did to this person who was coming closer to knowing god you know but what pride did to him god opposes the proud is what we learned from that and then we moved to the next chapter and one of his successors belshazzar he also willfully rejected god and the heart of all of that was pride and um, as you were looking at that uh, one of the brothers from cbf after one of those messages uh, came and spoke to me and said that uh, uh, jerry uh, you know it's uh, as we as we go through all of this the lord does convict us of the pride in our hearts but really the question that i have is what do i do about it how do i cultivate humility because it's it's not easy just to say be humble it's not something that is coming easily to me and that question stuck with me since then uh and as i've been uh doing my quiet time and and studying from god's word and incidentally also you know uh from the same passage that we've been studying in our cell group the lord brought me to this passage and taught certain things about how can we actually take actions that cultivate 
humility in our lives. So we look at this passage together, 1 Peter chapter 5, short passage, but some things which will pop out very obviously, but some things which we will have to uh, dive a little bit deeper into, uh, and the Lord, uh, together, whatever the Lord has taught me, let us learn about how can we really practice and cultivate humility. Um, you know, uh, before, we, before we get into that, pride is not something that comes only with success or with stature. It's not just a problem of the kings and the, and the CEOs and the leaders. It's something that affects everyone. Even the thief on the cross, while he was dying, one of the two was too proud to humble himself and tell the Lord that, Lord, will you remember me? The disciples, you know, they were ordinary fishermen. They dealt with the problem of pride. As we look throughout, we realize not just in their lives, but in our lives as well, that pride is something that can, that is, that is not just about success and stature, but can come at any time because our hearts are deceitful. You know, a lot of times pride manifests itself in very harmless ways, in seemingly very positive ways. When we, when we stand up for our right, when we, uh, when you know our kids speak badly to us, and we say that, how dare you speak like that to me? I don't know how many times it's really coming from a place of administering God's justice versus from a place of pride and ego. Every time that we look at different actions that we do, if you were to just take a step back and say, where is that coming from? Because pride is an issue of the heart. It's really about the attitude behind the action. It's the why rather than the what is seen on the outside. A lot of times, actually, what is seen on the outside might seem to be, uh, might seem to be pride, but it's not. So the other way around also works. When Daniel spoke to the king, a lot of the people who would have been uh, looking at him might have felt that, what a proud man, you know, such a young boy speaking like that to the king. But we know that his heart was a, uh, was a heart of humility and we'll, we'll get to that later. So therefore, there is a constant need for us to keep evaluating ourselves, the things that I'm doing, how I'm behaving, how I'm reacting, is it really coming from a place of humility or from a place of pride? So how do we really practice humility? How do we cultivate humility? Are there some practical steps that the Word of God teaches us which can help us to inculcate humility in our lives? Because it's not as easy as saying, be humble. How do we really uh, start practicing that? So First Peter chapter 5 Verse 5 to 7. And right off, he says, Peter says, Young men, in the same way, be submissive. Be submissive to those who are older. And that's a theme that um, uh, Peter brings throughout his passage, uh, throughout his letter. Um, the, the theme of willful submission to those that God has sovereignly placed above us. They would be God-appointed leaders in the church, they could be God-appointed leaders in the family, parents, uh, the husband, uh, God-appointed leaders, even in the secular world, in our offices, in the government. Willful submission teaches us humility. It's not about, you know, like when I was, uh, when I was uh, young, a lot of times uh, I would obey what my parents are saying, but inside I'm saying that wait till I grow up. You know, I mean... Wait till I am able to take my own decisions. Yeah. So in my heart, 
I was rebelling. On the outside, I was obeying. But willful submission, joyful submission, saying that, no, I want to follow you. I want to have someone. I need to have someone above me. For us to understand that is a step in humility. To say that I need someone above me. I don't want to be. I cannot be the Lord of my life. Right? I will seek people who will give me advice. I will seek people who will tell me uh, what to do, who will guide me. To say that it's not everything in my control. And it's not because the other person is better or superior. The word teaches us that Christ was submissive to the Father. Was it because the Father was more superior? No. The word also teaches us about their complete equality. Yet because of God ordained roles. And that's how it's got to be our attitude towards those that we submit to. It's not because you're above me so you know I don't have a choice. No. Coming from a place of willful submission. That this is a God ordained role. So you might say that this passage is speaking about the church. But then let's just look back at chapter 2 and verse 13. 1 Peter 2.13 Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority or to governors. And then he goes on to speak about masters. Then he goes on to speak about husbands in the house. Willful submission, knowing that God has placed people above us. So here's the question. Is there anyone in your life who you seek advice from? Just think about it. Is there anyone in your life that you seek advice from? Who do you listen to? Whose instruction do you submit to? Or are you trying to be the Lord of your life? Submission, firstly, is God's way of teaching us humility. Submission is God's way of teaching us humility. Then we go ahead. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Clothe yourselves with humility. You know, as we, as we uh, read that, clothe yourselves, wrap yourselves in humility, what is the word picture that comes to your mind? Is there an incident that comes to your mind? Clothe yourself, wrap yourself in humility. The way the Lord Jesus Christ did, right? When he wrapped himself with an apron, took a basin of water, went down to his knees and washed the feet of all of his disciples, including the one who would betray him, including the one who would go on to deny him thrice. That was a complete visual manifestation of humility, like no other. Clothe yourself, wrap yourself. And we know that, and as we go ahead, we'll realize that Peter had that incident in mind as he is writing this, as he is exhorting us, clothe yourself. So that's the example that we ought to keep in our minds as well. Christ, when he girded himself with a towel to teach his disciples that humility is the prerequisite of service. You cannot serve without having true humility. And that service is the practice of humility. As we serve and as we serve with the right attitude, that is one other way that we can actually cultivate humility. Now because uh, the root word for cloth 
is enkombosaste. Enkombosaste. That's the root word. And then interestingly, the word for the apron of a slave is enkomboma. So this wrap yourself is actually talking about wrap yourself with the apron of a slave. How many of us would be willing to do something like that? And yet look at the Lord Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. And he humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. Taking up something which is lowly task, taking up something which is a behind-the-scenes role, something that people don't notice or that others might not want to do, where there is no glory. And when we think even of Paul, Apostle Paul, and we were hearing last Sunday that our image of Apostle Paul is of this thundering, uh, larger-than-life figure, but uh, as we read the Bible and as we go through the things that he says and others' opinions about him that he reflects on, we realize that that's not actually who he was. He was this hard-working tent maker who after having toiled perhaps all night making tents is the next day, you know, sitting down and, and writing letters. You know, most, of his, uh, most of his way of communicating is what we read here. You know, just behind the scenes, if it was not for all of that to be as God's word with us, we would not even know. We would not even know. It, it, it was a very behind the scenes. Do you think Paul, um, you know, realized all of the glory that perhaps we bestow on him while he was doing that work? While he was at his tent making, while he was at his letter writing? No, it was all behind the scenes. It was all behind the scenes. Hard work which is not to get glory, not to be seen. Will we be willing to put on the apron of a slave? You know, it is, uh, I, I love those bands that we get in the camp and I had kept them uh, in my office and uh, someone stole them, both of them, one after another. You know, one, one week one went and the next week I kept the new one and that also went. Yeah, it's, it, it looks good, it's fancy, but how many of us would be willing to wear the apron of a slave? A filthy, dirty, you know, sweat-filled apron of a slave and serve quietly, not for reward or glory. Like the Lord said in Luke 17.10, that after we have done all of that, we are to tell that we are only unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. You know, truly with that attitude, would we be willing to serve? Many times we seek reward here on earth, which is the praise of people. And the Lord said that, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2, that those who have received praise from people have received their reward. Already there is nothing left for the Lord to give them. You know, and that kind of service goes against humility. That's pride. You know, if we were to serve with, a, with an attitude of, of getting praise from men. So, the question then for us, is there any unseen service that we are involved in? Is there any unseen service that we are doing as unto the Lord? It could be at home. It could be, you know, cleaning the toilet perhaps when nobody notices. It could be doing something in office. You know, something that perhaps as a manager you are not expected to do, but you do it. It could be something in church. As unto the Lord. Everything as unto the Lord. 
But yet, this question, is there anything unseen that I'm involved in? Is there any, uh, is there any evangelist that I am praying for? Is there, is there someone that I am uh, encouraging, supporting? What unseen acts are we involved in? Unseen acts of service is a step towards humility. Submission to those that the Lord has kept above us. Unseen acts of service. These are steps that we can take to cultivate humility. And then he goes on to say, all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Toward one another. So this is not just an individual activity. You know, suddenly humility and the things that we ought to do is a group activity. And I, I, I was thinking, you know, as, uh, as Peter begins chapter 5, he is he's speaking to elders. And among all the people that he's speaking to, you know, that'll be, that would be a big crowd because in the beginning of the chapter, he lists out all the cities that he is writing to. Between all those believers, there would have been a handful of elders. Yet, he writes to everyone saying how elders ought to be. Why would he do that? And then my mind went to how Paul wrote to Philemon about a very personal matter. You know, it was between Philemon and Onesimus. And yet, Paul wrote to Philemon and the church that meets at his house and it was supposed to be read out to the entire church about what Philemon ought to do to Onesimus when Onesimus gets back. Why is this thing written to everyone? You know, there is a sense of accountability in God's family. Accountability, you know, because we are in it together. So, all of us know that this is something that we are expected to do. And how have we given that right to anyone? That's the question that should come in our hearts. Have we given the right to anyone in our lives to question us? Have we brought together this kind of an accountable relationship with anyone? Is there anyone who can question us? Is there anyone who can, who can come and ask us any personal question in our lives and ask how we are doing in that area? Have we given that right to anyone? Because accountability brings humility. Accountability brings humility. To have people in your life who can ask you any question about any area of your life, it brings humility. Because we are in this together. And my mind goes again, again to Daniel and, and to his friends. This is all in the context of what we've been studying from the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel had his group of friends to whom he could go and he could say, look, this is what uh, you know, we are facing and, and what should we do and, and decide that together. And look, this is what the king has said. What should we do? And, and, and to take decisions together and to pray together. Accountability partners. And I think as we grow old, we struggle to we struggle to find people that we can be accountable to. We move cities, we, uh, you know, relationships uh, change from the way they were earlier, but it's so important. I was thinking about David and about Jonathan. I was thinking that what if Jonathan would have been around for longer? You know, would David have still had to have a Nathan come up to him later on? Accountability is so important. Yet, you know, but to think about it, David had given, David as a king, had given that space to a prophet to come and speak up to him. You know, accountability, allowing people to come and question us. All of us need it, right? Because two are better than one.
and then spend time with those who you find humble right the more time that we spend with such people in in Romans 12 and 16 Paul says be willing to associate with people of low estate of low position it's a human tendency to try and associate with those who are of higher estate than us who are at a greater position than us who are richer who are more powerful humility is to spend time with those who are of lower estate right and to learn humility through accountability and spending time with each other we learn humility by submitting to those above us by serving uh, in a way that is not seen and by seeking accountability and then he goes on to say because god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and we had spent a lot of time in in that and that's the reason you know he takes that from psalms and in fact james also speaks about that and and peter again speaks about that and and this whole aspect of why we ought to do because god actively opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble so if we want god's grace you know these are the things that peter is saying we ought to think about and we ought to do and then he says in verse 6 humble yourselves humble yourselves but if we go to the root word because as soon as we read humble yourselves the same question will come to our mind how you know it's easy to say but how do i do it so when we go to the root of that it says tapinothete tapinothete is the phrase that's been is a word that's been used there which has been translated uh, in most of our bibles as humble yourselves but a better translation of that is allow yourselves to be humbled allow yourself to be humbled so there's a difference between being humble and to be humbled you know it's on one hand being humble is what you do but being humbled is what someone else will do and in this case it's the lord if we want to learn something if we if we want to get trained in something say it's football or it's a, it's a new instrument it's one thing to say that be trained go learn and it's another thing to say that allow yourself to be trained allow someone to train you and that's the that's the uh, that's the sense that has been used here allow yourself to be humbled which means that we ought to ask for it we ought to ask the lord to humble us and we ought to be ready when he when he does it and god will do it in his own way in the case of uh, the readers here uh, the readers who are reading this letter that peter is writing god used suffering to humble them and that's what peter is referring to allow yourself to go through that because god is using that to bring you to humility to humble you in the case of um, uh, king josiah in the old testament god used his word josiah was doing magnificent things for god and he was he was uh, on a spiritual high yet god suddenly brought his word to him and josiah josiah's heart was broken and and he tore his his clothes and and he sat in ashes and he mourned his heart was humbled you know god knows what's the right time god knows what's the right time sometimes he'll do it before it happens before pride hits sometimes he'll do it or in the case of uh, paul it was a thorn in the flesh which paul said keeps him humble and keeps him reliant on god in the case of king hezekiah it was a disease in that case it was after after he became proud god brought the disease to him to humble him so at times it will be before at times it will be after but so long as we keep seeking and asking the lord that oh lord 
will you humble me and allow ourselves to be humbled so we learn humility by asking god for it so so that's one another step that we can take you know ask the lord to make us humble humble yourselves therefore verse 6 under god's mighty hand under god's mighty hand humility comes from acknowledging who god is from acknowledging that it is he under whose hand we are that his hand is sovereign in our lives john 327 says a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven you know for us to be able to really understand that that there is nothing that we can do ourselves unless god's hand is with us and therefore uh, john the baptist motto he must increase but i must decrease so important to have the true view of god if we need to learn humility and as we spend more and more time just gazing upon who god is upon his glory you know and and throughout today's worship service uh, those are the thoughts which kept coming back again and again and as we spend time gazing upon god who god is and his glory we reflect upon who we are we start understanding ourselves better in the book of job uh job says a lot of things and then his friends say a lot of things about who god is and about how how god is about how god works and then eventually after you know everybody has said god speaks and then from chapter 38 onwards till chapter 41 it's a monologue of god speaking about who he really is and he says that okay forget about what you think i am or what you th- or how you think i work this is who i am and this is how i work and after the lord has spoken you know that one long monologue job says eventually that i was speaking about things that i don't understand till now i had heard but now i have seen you know my eyes have been opened i've truly understood who you really are spending time with god reveals who god really is to us you know his sovereignty that it is his mighty hand above us you know and, and and then therefore the reaction of understanding who we really are in god's sight and and job goes on to say in job 42 verse 6 that i am despicable you know i am des- despicable i am a sinner spending time with god helps us understand who he really is and helps us see who we are from his eyes Jacob when he uh, was coming back uh, after years of serving Laban you know he before that he tells Laban that I served you uh, without taking anything from you right and I served you loyally and I served you um, for for this long um, you didn't give me what I deserved and then after that Jacob leaves and he comes back and when he crosses is about to cross Jordan uh, he says like this in Genesis chapter 32 and verse 10 I'll just read that Genesis 32 and verse 10 So this is Jacob's prayer I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan but now I have become two groups So Jacob is coming back with two big families 
right? And lots of possessions. And Jacob doesn't say, you know, years ago I went and I left my father's massive estate. You know, that's what I had. Or he doesn't say that, you know, I come from a family of, of noble Abraham. All of that was what he told Laban. But when he comes before the Lord, right, and spends time just gazing upon the Lord, and he reflects back on who he really is, and he reflects back on where he came from, Jacob said that, I came with just one staff in my hand, and I was alone. You know, I had nothing. And look, Lord, where you have brought me. And that's the same sense that we also, uh, you know, during worship time, were uh, looking at King David and what he said about, who am I, O Lord, or what is my family that you have brought me thus far? When we spend time before the Lord, we'll understand who we really are, and that will bring us to a point of humility. You know, so that's one step. Spend time before the Lord. Gaze at the stars. You know, Psalm 8, as a psalmist is gazing at the stars, he says that, how excellent you are, and who am I? What is man that you are? Mindful of him. The more time that we spend in gazing at God's glory, at God, who God has revealed himself in creation and in his word, it will bring us to an actual understanding, to a true understanding of who we really are. And that will bring us to a point of humility. And that's why God says every time that we come into his presence in the Old Testament, uh, he used to tell people, take off your shoes. You know, that is who you are. We, we, tell, we use this even in our language, right? That uh, sometimes we speak of someone uh, saying that uh, those shoes are too big for you. We speak about success and say that, you know, those shoes are too big for me. It's really speaking about who a person is and whether you can step into that. And what does God say? You keep that aside. When you come to me, you keep who you are and all of your worldly achievements and, and what people think of you, just keep that aside. You come to me bare and empty. In the, old, in the Old Testament, God used to use a lot of these uh, object lessons, uh, you know, to teach people uh, things, right? And, and those are principles that still apply, even if we don't do it practically, but those are principles that still apply. When we come into God's presence uh, and we truly gaze at Him, we are able to leave aside what the world thinks of us and able to see ourselves from God's sight. And that humbles us. Then in ahead it says, that he, verse 6 again, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. God is the one who lifts us up. And, and when he does, for us to be able to acknowledge that and give him glory, that's a step in humility. The psalmist says in Psalm 115 verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord. Psalm 115 verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord. And then he repeats, Not unto us. But to your name be the glory. But to your name be the glory. We see that again in the life of Daniel. Every time that someone wanted to praise him, Daniel would attribute glory back to God. He would say that, no, it's not me. You know, it's God. And, and now the people knew this about him. When, when they would call him for something, they would say, Daniel, can you do this? He said, not me. It's going to be God. If anything happens, it's going to be God attributing glory to God before the act, during the act, after the act. You know, that's a step in humility. When God gives us success, will we attribute glory to Him and take that step in humility and recollect that we cannot do anything good except under the mighty hand of God. 
Understand that everything that I am and have has been entrusted to me by God to be used for his purpose and for his glory. You know, Apostle Paul reminds uh, the Corinthian church, which had become very arrogant with with all of its achievements, uh, spiritually and otherwise as well. And he reminds them in 1 Corinthians 4-7, What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? For us to constantly remind ourselves that he is the one who lifts us up. Isn't it beautiful that this phrase lifted up or exalted is the same phrase that is used by Paul at the end of Philippians chapter 2. Where he says that the Lord hum- Jesus humbled himself and God exalted him, lifted him up. It's the same word that's used here for people like you and me that God will exalt us and lift us up. And yet when he does that, to be able to attribute glory to him is a step that we can take to practice humility in our lives. It said about uh, uh, the son of King Henry IV that when the king used to sleep, the son used to go and take his crown which was kept on the side and place it on, its, on his head. You know? And it's in that what you and I a lot of times try to do. You know? Take the glory that belongs to God. You know? This is not our time. This is not our time. God will lift us up at his due time. And finally, we see in verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him. Prayerful dependence on God. Casting anxiety, casting our worries, casting whatever our needs are into his hands. How is that a step in humility? Because a proud, self-sufficient, self-reliant person does not need to pray, does not need to depend on God. But when we go, every time that we go, in a true attitude of prayer, what are we telling the Lord? Lord, I can't do it myself. I need you. And that's a step in humility. Uh, like I was saying, that Daniel might have looked proud when he you know, spoke that way to the king. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego might have seemed proud when they stood up to the king. But we see that it came from a heart of humility because Daniel immediately went back and he prayed and he told the Lord, Lord, can you please help us because I can't do it. Yeah? it coming from a heart of humility, knowing that our dependence is on God, that we can't do things ourselves. To be able to submit, to serve unseen, to seek accountability, to allow yourself to be humbled by God, let God use His ways, but to just allow yourselves and ourselves to be humbled. To acknowledge God in our lives and therefore see ourselves from the right lens, from, the, from His side, to give glory to God when He gives us success and when he lifts us up and to daily depend on him in prayer. These are steps that we can take to cultivate humility in our lives. Shall we just bow down our heads and close our eyes? God opposes the proud, actively opposes, not just ignores. He actively opposes the proud. We see that in the lives of King Nebuchadnezzar. We see that in the life of Belshazzar. We, we see that in the lives of even men of God in the past. 
And if we were to just reflect back, we'll see that that's happened in our lives as well. But He gives grace to the humble. Will we be willing to take steps towards practicing humility? Steps that help us in pursuing humility in our lives. Will we be willing to let God-appointed leaders guide us, seek their advice, that will be a step in humility. Will we be willing to take up acts of service that don't get seen, put on the apron of a slave? How beautiful that would be, because that would be a step just like the Lord Jesus Christ towards humility. Would we be willing to ask someone to be our accountability partner and say that, ask me anything in my life because I want to stay humble. I want to be questioned. I want to be with people who are humble. Will we tell the Lord, Lord, humble me. You know, allowing ourselves to be humbled whichever way He chooses, but just allowing ourselves to be humbled will be spend time gazing at His holiness, acknowledging who He is and therefore in His light understanding who we are, who we truly are and then to give Him glory when He lifts us up. Not taking glory to ourselves, not to us, O Lord, but to You be all glory in all our successes in life and He will, He will lift us up. But may that lifting up not bring us back into a state of pride. May we give glory back to the Lord. Acknowledge it in front of others. Tell people. Tell people in our, in our, in our colleges, in our, in, our, in our offices, in our neighborhood, that this is not from me, this is from God. Give glory back to Him. And will we keep coming to the Lord in prayerful dependence? If we are on our knees, we are humble. God will teach us humility when we go down on our knees and pray. And for those among us who don't have a personal relationship yet with the Lord Jesus Christ, humility is that first step that will take us towards the Lord. This great God who humbled himself and made himself nothing for us to take our sins on him. Will we also take a step of humility and tell the Lord, Lord, I come to you with a broken heart. And the Lord promises that a broken heart I will not despise. Will we tell the Lord that, Lord, I've understood that I truly need you. That by myself I am no good. There is nothing good in me. There is no way that you can accept me with all the good things that I bring because they are like they are like filthy rags in front of you. Lord, I need you. And if we come towards God with a with a heart of humility, with a broken heart, then the word says that He will accept us. He will accept us and make us His own. May the Lord help us. Shall we close in prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, your word is so clear that you detest proud eyes. 
Lord, that you oppose the proud. And yet, O oh Lord, this is one struggle in all of us, O oh Lord. It just keeps resurfacing, O oh Lord. A lot of times, O oh Lord, we even go down a path of humility and then start taking pride in that. Lord, that's how deceitful our hearts are. Heavenly Father, yet, O oh Lord, we know, Lord, from your word that it's only the humble who get grace from you. It's only when we humble ourselves before you, when we allow ourselves to be humbled, that you lift us up, O Lord. And that's our heart's desire. Heavenly Father, Lord, that we'll be able to take the steps, these practical steps that your word teaches us towards humility. Lord, that we'll cultivate humility, that we'll keep looking at our lives again and again, to look at our actions and to see if it's coming from a place of ego and pride or from a place of broken humility before you, understanding who we really are in your eyes and to give you all glory in all that we do. We offer this in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.